0: To maths talk by AMC schools where conversations in maths become part of your professional learning my name's leanne mcmahon today's podcast is brought to you by amsi's very own series of textbooks the ice m books that stands for the international center for excellence in mathematics the ice m mathematics series develops a clear understanding of mathematical ideas and concepts for students with a range of abilities needs and levels of interest the textbooks have been developed to provide a coherent and solid development of mathematics ideas to support the transition from primary to secondary school. You can find more information about the ICM books at schools.amcy.org.au or click on the link in our show notes. Contact me if you want to talk about them and how you could use them in your classroom. So now, on with the podcast. Our guest today is the fabulous maths educator, Vicky Kennard. Vicky was one of the outreach officers who was instrumental in the success of the Choose Maths project, and she has enormous experience in teaching maths at all levels. Our listeners will recognize Vicky from last week's podcast, Learning to Learn, which I highly recommend you listening to for a more in-depth look at how we learn maths. Hi, Vicky, and welcome back to AMSI!
1: thank you thank you um, hi leanne it's great to be back at AMSI. it's interesting to see what has stayed the same and what's changed <laughs> and no I'm, I'm really keen to do this great
0: this could you give us a rundown of what's brought you to this point in your career and what you're working on at the moment
1: okay so i'm originally from the uk i trained quite late as a secondary maths teacher uh, we came to australia and i was working in a k-12 school teaching secondary and then I got the opportunity to do some work in the primary levels. And that really opened my eyes to different ways of teaching. And the, the things we, in year seven, struggled with, I understood where those problems came from. And it made me think completely differently about teaching mathematics. And then at AMSI, I was able to carry on that work at all levels, which I loved. And I highly recommend secondary teachers having a go in primary and primary having a go in lower secondary. Yes. And now I'm actually doing a PhD. I'm looking at using manipulatives to teach secondary algebra. So that's oh, where fantastic. I am now.
0: That, I'm sure that keeps you very busy. It does, it <laughs> does. And it's,
1: it's different, but it's, it's really good.
0: That's great. Vicky and I were actually talking about her PhD topic in a little bit of depth. And, wow, if ever you get to talk to her about it, <laughs> it is very it's Very boring. <laughs> <laughs> no, It's not. <laughs> Now, normally, we're unashamedly a podcast for teachers, but today, we're reaching out to senior math students across Australia to help them prepare for the upcoming exams. I've asked Vicky to discuss this because of her expertise that you've just heard about and her experience over many years with preparing students studying mathematics at all levels. We're not going to talk so much about maths content, but about, well, what I call the hacks, that will ensure you're as prepared as you possibly can be. So, Vicky, what's the ideal situation a student should be in at this point of the year? And importantly, what can the student who's not quite at that point, and I think there might be one or two, (laughs) uh, what can they do to move forward?
1: Yes. At this point in time, you should be quite far. (laughs) I think one of the biggest problems, and as a teacher I found this, persuading students, that cramming in the last minute is not the best way. Mm-hmm. A lot of people feel that the closer to the time when I have to reproduce my learning, I do my learning, is better. But in a way, it's been shown that if you spread that learning out over time, it actually becomes what some people term as sticky. Mm-hmm. So if you spread your learning out, that, that knowledge becomes more sticky and it will stay with you and you're more likely to be able to reproduce it under pressure like you will be in an exam.
0: Okay, so the first thing that you needed to have done was listened in class (laughs) and taken (laughs) the right notes and all of Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And this is really good for any Year 11s listening because next year... You know, you can really start off on the right yeah. foot and get that right that stuff done in yeah. in class.
1: It's never too early, but also it's probably never too late. I mean, you can always there are always ways of making sure that you, you do get there in the end. So uh, don't, is, don't don't disp- don't give up and think oh I've left it too late. It's no point. That's not, that's not true either.
0: That's a really <laughs> lovely message of hope. Um, so what do we know about the way we learn maths, and how can students use this information in their exam preparation? So the first thing maths is
1: is an process. I'm not going to comment on other subjects because I don't know other subjects but maths is an active process just reading your notes, highlighting which I don't like um, reading your textbook watching Khan Academy videos that's not revising. Revising for mathematics is doing and doing problems that make you struggle not keep doing those topics that you know you know well because Mm. revising what you know is not moving you forward. You need to engage in that struggle. That's the main thing. Very often, especially when it comes to something like year 12 exams, the questions you're going to get in the exam are also not on a bit of the chapter. So each exercise in the chapter is just reviewing that particular topic. The questions you're going to get are going to be much more holistic and, and covering many areas. So maybe start with some of those review chapter problems and something that was mentioned in the podcast last, last week, um, diffuse learning. So if you do a problem and you struggle and, and you just cannot get it, don't, don't tear your hair out. Don't go crazy. Don't get anxious. Leave it. Go away. Do something else, another subject, something completely unconnected. And then go back and look at the problem again. Don't go back and look at what you did, but look at the problem afresh again because your mind has been thinking about it. And it will recall what you were doing in class. So when you look at it again, it will just sort of come back and be that little bit easier.
0: Yeah, my dad always used to say that about an exam. You know, if you didn't know a question in an exam, just move on and your brain will actually, your subconscious will be actually working on it. That, that's actually something that
1: we hadn't discussed, um, exam technique. Uh-huh. So the, the temptation with an exam is you open the paper and you read question one and you try question one and you read question two and you try question two. Um, I would say very much that is not the best way to approach an exam. Mm-hmm. When you get into the exam, some exams have reading time. I don't know if the mathematics ones do. I'm
0: pretty sure but, they do.
1: But take that time, read through the paper, start with the question that you think you feel most confident about. And if that's question 20, start with question 20 obviously make sure that you go through and you've answered everything you're supposed to answer but don't feel you have to start at the beginning and work through to the end mm-hmm. um, especially as sometimes papers are set up so the longer more challenging questions are at the end have a go and if a question is a multi-part question if you could do questions a b and c but you can't do d and e do a b and c then attempt another question and then go back to it yeah. so that's that's part of exam technique. Don't
0: feel you have to do the first thing first. Oh, that's great. So getting back to learning, mm-hmm. um, what what's a good way of learning something?
1: So practice, do problems. Mm-hmm. Um, teaching someone else, that is such a good way. As, as teachers know, when you have to teach it, you have to really know it. So just rehearsing it with someone else, even someone who knows it. If you work in a group, uh, not too big a group say three probably four is already stretching it a bit but just teaching each other and playing skeptic devil's advocate so ask each other questions like probing questions but I don't understand can you explain that to me and really force each other to to actually verbalize and talk about what the problem is to really cement that understanding recall is part of learning so actually having to think and recall facts and put it in your own words is, is a good way of actually learning. And then I said, actually doing problems. Yeah. That's the most important thing.
0: So many of the parents say, I can't help my child with maths. Well, possibly a way of helping their child with maths is getting them to explain it to you. If you, yeah. if you don't know, you know, year 11 and 12 maths, your kid does and get them to explain <laughs> it to you. So... Where should students go for help?
1: Schools offer a lot of help, and sometimes we can be a bit reluctant to, to take up that help. It can be a little bit embarrassing or whatever, but take up the help that's there. If, if, uh, if a teacher's offering lunchtime tutorials or something, take them up on the offer. Go. Even if you've got no questions, if you go and other people have questions, it might suddenly make you think, yes, I do. Take all the, the offers of help that are out there, and... There are a lot of videos, YouTube videos out there which explain things and it might be interesting to listen to someone else, not your teacher, explaining something yeah. because they'll do it in a different way and it might just give it an insight you hadn't thought about before.
0: Yes, no one's better or worse, but sometimes that different yeah. approach can really help. But I would say if you're watching a YouTube
1: video, don't just watch the video. Once they've posed the problem, pause it, have a go at the problem yourself and then watch it. Don't try the problem after the explanation. Give it a go beforehand, then watch it. And if you need to pause it at different stages and rewind and, and think about what was said, then yeah, it's not just a passive watching again. It's, it has to have yeah. that yeah. active element.
0: Yeah. And just getting back to that asking for help, that was one of the things as a senior teacher that I found. I am begging students to ask me for help. And I, I know they're embarrassed. And what it a teacher will try and do is pull out what they do know. There is always something you know in a question, always. And a a teacher who can spend a bit of one-on-one time will actually pull out what you do know. Don't be embarrassed for not knowing. Yeah. So what's the most common mistake students make when it comes to revising? You have mentioned a couple of things, but... Uh, Leaving it too late. (laughs) Um, But as I said, you can always, always try. As I
1: said, doing it in that passive way, reading notes highlighting. You're much better off just rewriting in your own words. Multitasking. There is no such thing as multitasking. Sitting with your book, revising in front of the TV. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I'm going to be my mummy here. That is not revising. What about music? Music is interesting. Some people say they need that music. Personally, I, I can't. I, I just find it very, very distracting. Um, there have been some studies in this. Um, One study, they played fast music when students were doing a test and they actually did better and completed it quicker. Oh, wow. I don't know if they were working in time to the music, but um, I think that's a personal thing. That is a personal thing. Some people actually like to wear headphones without music just Mm. to block out all noise, to put themselves really in a little bubble Mm -hmm. in a quiet space. Routine is one of the best things, getting yourself in a routine and a habit. So whether you're a night owl or an early bird, finding that time that works for you not going to bed late and getting up late at weekends but keeping the week with a similar sort of rhythm um getting that sleep eating well all those normal Mm. things but um finding a place that's comfortable for you to learn making your own little study place i think is quite important i was speaking to some students at the weekend, and they were saying that was really important. One was saying she found a little place in a local library and another was saying, no, she has a, a corner of the room and the family, know not to touch anything there, that's her, her place for learning. Okay. So finding a, a place where you're comfortable, I think that's really important. Um,
0: you were mentioning before in our pre-podcast <laughs> conversation about studying where other people are studying.
1: Is there something I've found with my own studying Studying in a place where other people are studying, it just creates an atmosphere where concentration levels seem to be better. Mm -hmm. So, as I said, this could be in a library, it could be in a school library, or if you live near a university, if you can get access to a university library or a public library. But if you can't do that, there are actually ways of doing this online, and I've been part of some study groups online. So you, you set up a little sort of Zoom call, and you have your sound muted, but you're all there on screen studying and you can use the Pomodoro technique um, at the same time. So set a timer for 20, 25 minutes, all of you put your heads down and work and at the end of that time, the timer goes off and you stop and you chat and you take a break, have a drink, bar a chocolate um, and then you go back and do another session. Um, one of the important things with these is before you start each mini study session, each person should just sort of what their goal is for that study session. So I want to complete two of these problems or I want to go through my notes on this particular topic. And then when you have your little break, just sort of catch up with each other. Did you achieve what you wanted? And then you say, what's your goal for the next session? And you start again. So just studying with other people studying around you seems to help.
0: So possibly creating your own study group with Like-minded individuals could be helpful. And, of course, we're also adept these days at Zoom. You don't even have to leave the comfort of your own study, although Mm. you're probably dead sick of Zoom at this point. So uh, (laughs) it
1: might be nice to have other people around. That's right, yeah. Some of the other mistakes that people might make, um, I remember one student telling me how she had made the most beautiful revision timetable. She had it all planned out all her subjects it was all color-coded day by day hour by hour almost minute by minute but she had spent so long creating this beautiful document that she sort of ran out of time to revise (laughs) so (laughs) organization is important but there's a point at which you have to stop the organizing it can be a bit of a procrastinating technique as well and you actually have to get down to the work so Yes, yeah, splitting <laughs> splitting your learning into little chunks, not doing too much at one time, maybe mixing up the topics, don't feel you have to do maths for a week, English for a week, in, interleaving mm. them, splitting them up, maybe doing two or three subjects a night. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you have ideas for preparing your own notes? Because y- you can take anything in these days.
1: Yes, I, I used to allow my students to make a cheat sheet mm-hmm. and it would be, one side of A4 and then they would spend a couple of lessons maybe um, actually creating this cheat sheet and then I would say to them you're not allowed to take it into the exam and they would look at me but it's the act of creating it which is actually the revision because you have to do a lot of thinking if you're only allowed one side of A4 and you've got to put all your knowledge on that you really have to think what is important what don't I know what do I need help with and that whole process of creating that document is a very good revision process in and of itself. So once you've created it, you almost don't need it. So borrowing someone else's, you're not going to understand what they've written. It's not going to be any help at all. But I think that leads into something else, cue cards. A lot of people are very into cue cards. But again, it's the way you make them and use them that makes all the difference. So a good technique for cue cards. Um, So one side... We'll have a word or a diagram, if it's maths, a a graph of some sort or a a picture, a visual. The other side will have the definition, the formula or whatever it is. So a good way of doing cue cards is you look at the the question side, you write down or you speak aloud to someone else what, what you think the response is, turn it over, look on the other side. When you've got it right there's two things you could do. You can either just put it to the side and go to the next card or you can put it back in the pack. So one idea with cue cards is you have a a big stack and, again, making the cue cards itself is Mm -hmm. part of the the revision. Mm -hmm. You have your big stack, you shuffle them up, you go through them, you make a little mark once you've got a question right and you put it back in the stack. Once you've been through your pack and you've got a particular question right, say, three times... Then you take it out the pack and you keep going. And maybe a couple of days later, you put it back in the pack mm-hmm. and see if you can still do it. So it's, again, it's that retrieval practice, that continually going, going through and bringing things back in to make sure that you, you don't forget them. So yeah, so don't just do a card, put it down and never look at it again. Do a card, put it back, maybe take it out and then look at it again a few days later. Mm-hmm. Making the cards is part of your revision, but don't spend so long making beautiful cards that um, you never actually get to use them. Yes. <laughs> and, and shuffle them. Don't, don't keep them because you probably would make them as you go through a topic. So don't keep all one topic as one
0: pack. Mm. Shuffle them up and mix the topics together. Yeah, that's a really good idea because you don't always get them in their topics.
1: And as I said, you don't have to go to the first question first, so you can do the questions in any order, so you might
0: choose to mix
1: up the questions a little bit.
0: Uh Uh-huh. So we seem to have covered a lot about students. What about the teachers of senior students?
1: So teachers, it's very often tempting to give your students lots and lots of really beautiful notes with worked examples for them to use. But a good idea with worked examples is that sort of... um, release so you you might give one worked example where it's fully worked Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but you might give a worked example where you've left some blanks so the students have to fill them in so it's that release of responsibility You're, you're slowly letting them do more and more of the problem so notes shouldn't be complete there should be gaps there should be places for students to do a bit of reflection and a bit of thinking and a bit of working out for themselves. Um, yeah, I always used to say to students, "There's no point in me doing more examples on the board because that's not actually going to help you." So, so, so giving those examples but leaving some of those bits blank um, and get helping the students build up their confidence in being able to to work, work through that problem. It. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing. And I can hear my father's voice in my head saying, read the question. What was the question actually being asked? So most important thing is when you are faced with a maths problem, and especially ones where it has an ABC, it is so tempting to read the first line of the problem description, read A, and not actually read the whole problem at all, and start answering A without looking at B and C. I mean, I know... I've been told this so many times, it's so important. Read the whole question before you start answering. Uh, I don't know. Some people like highlighting, underlining key bits in questions. That's a personal thing. But just read it all because very often there's a piece of information in there which is going to be useful for part D and you're going to ignore it, miss it, whatever, whatever. You, you need to know the structure of the question so you know how to approach it. So that's probably my yes. my
0: most it, important piece of advice, read, read when you, the question. When you said that, I had Mr Legereo in my ear, read the question. And he used to say it. Over and over and over. And we all say it the same way too. Read the question. (laughs) And the other thing is answer the question that's being
1: asked. Yes. This might not be so relevant at a a VCE level, but definitely lower down. I
0: think in in further it definitely is they do ask, you know, specific
1: questions. So so sometimes you can work it out, but that wasn't actually what was being asked. I'm a great believer in, in writing answers as sentences. I don't like worksheets and things like NAPLAN, where you just fill in the number in the box. If if the question is, how long was the box? The answer is, the box was 20 centimetres. Yes.
0: It,
1: it's a sentence. It's not just a number. So so make sure you actually answer the question that's being asked. Yes, mm. yeah. that's really important. Yeah. And it's it's those little marks, which is it's just silly, just yeah. sad
0: to lose. Mm. That's right. Losing a mark can actually be really yeah. quite detrimental. There were a couple of techniques you looked at in the last podcast and I do recommend that you go back and listen to it, both students and teachers alike, because there are some excellent tips in there. A couple of things that you mentioned that I'd really like you to just expand on in this podcast that students can do to uh, lower their anxiety and calm them down before an exam.
1: Yeah, so as I said, routine is good. So having that routine, especially when it comes to sleep and eating, Mm -hmm. so that the day of the exam, you're getting up at a normal time and it's not so difficult for you, especially when a lot of schools close. So you have that study time beforehand. Mm -hmm. So keeping that routine going is important. But as I think we mentioned in the last one, taking a couple of minutes at the beginning of the exam, if you're really anxious and you're really just take a couple of minutes at the beginning to write on a scrap piece of paper a few sentences about how you're feeling. And then you've got those feelings on paper and you can let them go and then you can go into, into the exam. And I think that goes together with what we said at the beginning about not starting with question one. Take a minute, take a breath, read through, find something that looks achievable and start with that and that will lower those anxiety levels. Mm. Could you do the writing before you go into the exam? Yeah, I think so. Mm. If, you, if you're really nervous and you get there and you just, while you're waiting to be let in the room or, or whatever, just, just take a few minutes and just mm. write it it's down. It's possibly
0: better than feeding off the anxiety of your friends. And
1: that is another thing. Standing outside the exam room with everyone going, oh, I'm so nervous, I'm so nervous. Maybe that's a time to put the headphones on and just blank everybody else out because I think a lot of people feel they're acting the way they think they're supposed to act. So a lot of those emotions, like I'm so nervous, I'm so worried, is is what they they think they're supposed to say and they're supposed to feel, um, and it doesn't help anyone to whip up that mass hysteria.
0: Mm, mm, in fact, the self talk, I am prepared, I know what I'm doing, I've studied mm-hmm. enough for this. That's what you need to hear.
1: Well, yeah, the headphones idea. Now, sorry, I'm listening to something. I can't talk to you. Yeah, and just be in your yeah. own little world. I'll you after the exam,
0: that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah,
1: but that's the other thing. I mean. It, After the exam, it's too late. There's no point in dissecting all the questions, trying to work out what the mark was, especially when you've got other exams to go to later on. Mm -hmm. When you finished it, put it aside, close the door, and then start preparing for the next one.
0: Absolutely. So, is there anything else that we really need to cover, Vicky?
1: I think across the, the two, I think we've been pretty comprehensive. I think, yeah, no. I think we've covered everything. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think probably all that is left is to wish people all the very best of luck. Yes. Because mm-hmm. a little bit of luck never goes astray, doesn't no, it?
1: No, no. I hope you get the questions you were you were hoping for. As my father used to
0: say, hoping and praying should never be confused with studying. <laughs> yes. Well, I think that's probably a good place to leave it. You've been listening to Maths mm-hmm. Talk by AMC Schools, and we've been talking today with educator extraordinaire Vicky Kennard. If you have some thoughts or questions about today's episode or some suggestions about future episodes, we can be reached by email on the address mathstalk at ansi.org.au. Just pop your name into the email subject bar and ask or comment away. We'd love to hear from you. I'd like to thank Vicky for coming in today, heading to the University of Melbourne. It's so nice to see you in 3D and having a great maths talk with me sharing the studio and having your expertise is a real treat. So thanks so much.
1: It's been a pleasure. Thank you. It's been great to be here.
0: A reminder, please check our show notes at calculate.org.au where we'll put links to some of the uh, techniques that Vicky's talked about. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to Math Talk on Apple Podcast and follow us on Spotify if you're listening from one of these platforms. That way you'll get new episodes straight to your inbox when they're released. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.